and many of its committees. He was fond of gaiety and of sport, but neither ever turned him away from the punctual and laborious discharge of his royal duties. Even the greatest of his ministers found themselves controlled by the king. Fouquet, the finance minister, had accumulated enormous wealth during the late disturbances and seemed to possess power and ambition too great for a subject. Louis the Fourteenth found it necessary almost to conspire against him. He was overthrown and condemned to perpetual imprisonment. Those who had most of the king's confidence afterwards were Colbert for home affairs, Lyon for diplomacy, Louvois for war. But as his reign proceeded, he became more self-confident and more intolerant of independence of judgment in his ministers. His court was from the first one of great brilliance. In art and in literature, the great period, which is usually called by the king's name, had in some respects passed its zenith when he began to reign. But France was unquestionably the first state in Europe, both in arms and arts, and within France the authority of the king was practically undisputed. The nation, proud of its preeminence and weary of civil war, saw in the king its true representative and the guarantee of its unity and success. Louis was singularly well fitted by his physical and intellectual gifts for the role of grand monarque, and he played it to perfection. His wife Maria Theresa bore him children, but there was no community of tastes between them, and the chief influence at court is to be found not in the queen, but in the succession of avowed mistresses. Mademoiselle de la Valliere held the position from 1662 to 1670. She was then ousted by Madame de Montespan. Who had fiercely intrigued for it, and whose proud and ambitious temper offered a great contrast to her rival, she held her position from 1670 to 1679, and then gave place to the still more famous Madame de Maintenon, who ruled, however, not as mistress but as wife. The events that brought about this incident form the strangest episode in the king's private life. Madame de Maintenon was the widow of the dramatist Scarron. And first came into relationship with the king as governess to his illegitimate children. She was a woman of unstained life and strongly religious temperament, and it was by this that she gained so great an influence over the king. Through her influence, the king was reconciled to his wife, and when Maria Theresa died in 1683, Madame de Maintenon, shortly afterwards, in 1684, became the king's wife, though this was never officially declared. Under her influence, the court lost most of its gaiety, and religion came to exercise much control over the life and the policy of the king. The first years of the king's rule were marked by the great schemes of Colbert for the financial, commercial, industrial, and naval reorganization of France, and in these schemes Louis took a deep interest. But in 1667 began the long series of wars, which lasted with little real intermission to the end of the reign. In the steps that led to these wars and in their conduct, the egotistic ambition and the vanity of the king played an important part. Though he never showed real military skill and took no share in any military operations except in certain sieges, the War of Devolution, the Queen's War, in 1667 to 1668, to enforce the Queen's claim to certain districts in the Spanish Netherlands, led to the Dutch War, 1672 to 78. And in both these wars, the supremacy of the French armies was clearly apparent. The next decade, 
1688 was the real turning point in the history of the reign, and the strength of France was seriously diminished. The chief cause of this is to be found in the revocation of the Edict of Nantes. The Church had always opposed this settlement, and had succeeded in altering it in many points. Now the new religious zeal and the autocratic temper of Louis XIV came to the support of the Church. The French Huguenots found their privileges decreased, and then, in 1685, the edict was altogether withdrawn. The results were ruinous to France. It was not only that she lost many thousands of her best citizens, but this blow against Protestantism deprived her of those Protestant alliances in Europe, which had been in the past her great diplomatic support. Then the English Revolution came in 1688 and changed England from a wavering ally into the most determined of the enemies of France.